0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, my name is Danielle Fiendaka. I do two things really. I'm co-founder of Utopia, which is a culture change business. We go in and we help build more purposeful, more inclusive and more entrepreneurial cultures. And I'm also co-author of a new book called Creative Superpowers, Equip Yourself for the Age of Creativity. In this series, we will be asking some of the people that have inspired us what the best piece of advice they have ever been given and how it's impacted their careers. Our guests come from a variety of creative backgrounds, including advertising, art, design, fashion, food experimentalism, literature, and music. Please do feedback if you enjoy what you hear either by connecting with me on LinkedIn or commenting on Instagram or Twitter. The hashtag for the programme is hashtag BPOAE. Welcome to the podcast, Scott. Hi, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Daniel. It's great. Um, For those that don't know you, can you tell us what your name is
1: and what you do? Yeah, my name is Scott Morrison. I am the founder and bringer of The Boom. And my business is all about unblocking, unlocking and unleashing creative problem solving in businesses, whether they're commercial problems, creative problems or cultural problems, and just bringing energy to an organisation to help them solve those things. Um, and what are you most famous for? Oh, what am I most famous for? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, the, the book is probably the I'm most famous for. There's probably a few people who are more famous for a few other things. Um, but I was a music producer for quite a while. And I was signed to Defected Records, and, and and uh the band our our production crew was called Copyright. So what's quite funny is every now and again I meet a real house head somewhere, and we get talking about music, and then I say, "Oh, is it Defected?" and blah blah blah, and then they go, "Oh my God, I've got your records!" <laughs> so that's quite that's always quite funny, but and that was a long long time ago.
0: Yeah, cause it's interesting, isn't it? Because I I I we we first met when you were commercial director at Diesel. Yeah. So I. Wouldn't necessarily have ever seen you in my head as a creative, right? You know, yeah. you know that, that's a never, you know, even though we both, you know, and, and I'm, a, and I, I consider myself a creative with a small C, not with a big C. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how would you consider yourself? Would you, you know, now in your career, do you still very much see yourself as a creative with a big C or a small C? I think I think with a, a small
1: C. I mean, I started in advertising many many years ago, and of course, you've got a lot of creatives with a big C there. Their their job title is creative. And there's a real differentiation between them and everyone else in the business. But what I've just found and what I'm I'm always thrilled about more and more is creativity with a small C, just getting into all different areas of business. And I work with lots of different brands and lots of different agencies and different people. And what's really interesting is when you start to lay out some some tools, give people some time to think through things, give them space to get their head cleared and give them the right tools – they will literally come up with some outstanding uh, solutions. And, you know, um, um, you know, we always have this thing when we ask people, you, you do the same, when we ask people before we're doing a session, how many people in here are creative? And, I, you know, people, half the group maybe put their hands up. And then at the very end, when I've done a session with people, and they're coming up to present the things that they've thought about, the the solutions that they come up with are just absolutely fantastic. So... I just think in business now this creativity with a small c is apl- is applicable to, as i say commercial thinking creative thinking cultural thinking and everybody can do it they just have to have the time space and
0: tools to be able to do it and so we've um, we've co-authored a book together yeah. um which is about the future uh, specifically around technology um and also you know looking at uh robots and um, you know the things that will differentiate us from robots in the future so to talk talk maybe a bit more about why um, you kind of s- see creativity as the future for business beyond just those elements of really awakening people within teams
1: yeah um, well I mean we, we, we often talk about things like automation and AI and all, all these kind of things and they are obviously coming into business but they are really there to reduce the kind of cognitive load on us having to do all the stuff that we don't love doing. So one of my, one of my businesses that were, that I work on, ThinkSprint, which I co-founded with my business partner, we're using AI in the platform that we've built. And it's fundamentally, it, it's something that would have taken somebody two weeks to do. We can now do it in five minutes using AI. But the thing is, is Even though that happens, you still need to have that human element to translate or to give a bit of a nuance to what you're seeing and what you're finding. And I, I think the, the ultimately the best combination is going to be it's like man and machine or woman and machine, human and machine. The machine doing all the heavy lifting and the graft, but then the human actually being the, being somebody who can nuance what they're finding and, 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 and turn it into something. So it's not just a load of like kind of a data regurge. And um, and that's what I think is quite exciting for business. But you just be able to do a whole lot more because the AI will just churn out all the information for you. As a human, you'll just be able to make more decisive um, or, or more interesting decisions based on what's in front of you, rather than having to do all the legwork at the same time. And then kind of it's a bit like cooking a Sunday roast. You know, by the time you've cooked it, you just you, you you don't really want to eat it sometimes. But it's a bit like when you're doing data and research and everything else. But by the time you've gone through it all it's very hard to to get to a point where you can be insightful you know and and there's lots of businesses who use research and sometimes the research comes back and it really isn't insightful it's just a whole list of stuff because somebody's had to take so long to get to that point that it's hard to find the insights you let the ai do all that graft then you can find the insights and then i think it becomes really powerful well it's interesting
0: interesting. there's a reason why delivery is doing so well right (laughs) you know i mean i mean i i am not uh I don't enjoy cooking, you know, it just isn't so... So, for me, the extra expense of having it delivered to me is is invaluable because it saves me time. But, you know, the, for other people, that cooking is actually part of their making. And actually, it's so we know it's so fundamental to have that time to be able to have creative thoughts, leave your brain to rest. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's when some of the best creativity comes out for some people. Absolutely right. Um, so, before we go into the big question... What's the most interesting thing that has happened to you in 2018? 2018. Yeah. Um, I, would, I would. Here's
1: yeah something that came completely left field for me, but actually really kind of blew my mind was a friend of mine uh, had got in contact with an, uh, an American billionaire, <laughs> and they'd, they'd struck up a rapport, and then actually he asked me. Scott, I need somebody to do an interview with him about his new book and I want you to come and sit in front of the Cambridge uh, Cambridge University Um, they've got this kind of big alumni group and I want you to do an interview you and him uh, in front of all that group and do a TV interview and everything else and I was just like, it's one of those moments where you go this is just too weird to not do so I'm going to push myself and do it and you know what, it was just one of the most incredible experiences because I met this guy, a um, guy called David McCourt. He wrote a great book um, and it's called Total Rethink. And the, what was great about meeting him and talking with him was the parallels between the book that we just wrote and his way of thinking about things were just incredible. And he was just kind of really inspirational in helping People think about businesses very differently, entrepreneurs being much more um, kind of rebels with a cause as opposed to be rebels without a cause. But I just found the overlap between our book and his thinking really interesting. And it's kind of those moments when you, you never get to meet those people ever in real life. So my advice, my little bit of advice for everyone is when those things come
0: your way is just take them because you never know where they'll lead. Well, I think it's one of the advice that I remember seeing. I thought I thought it was in the book that we wrote before, and "Best Piece of Advice Ever," but was um, do something interesting. Do, do something interesting, and something interesting will happen to you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think that idea of connection. I mean, I've you know one of the advice I hear a lot. I mean, you hear it a lot online. Do one thing and do it really well. Yeah. Okay. And I was speaking to Dave Burst last night, and it was like saying, "I would go mad if I did one thing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I'd like to think we do. I still try and do everything well. Yes. But doing more things, and the more things you do, just opens up really interesting ideas. And obviously, you know, you know, we speak to Mark quite a lot in terms yeah. of thief, and yeah, he yeah. talks about the things. The most interesting things are the things that are stolen from as far away as possible. Yes. Yeah, because that's where the interesting stuff really happens. Well, I, I also think um, something that I've learned over the last
1: few years is, I was probably. Uh, a real perfectionist. Now, I still want to do everything at a really high standard and a really high level, of course. But sometimes you just realize that 60 or 70% is good enough. You know, when you you deliver something, sometimes at 60 or 70%, it it really is good enough and people really see the value in it. And it took me a little while to actually understand that um, because you push yourself to be 100% on everything and that extra 20 or 30% actually adds no real value. You better delivering what it is that you're delivering, f- then feel the value, and then adding the little bit extra on top once you've delivered it. And again, that's just you know, something I would just suggest to people. You know, it isn't always about you know do do lots of different things. In the acknowledgement that some of them you can just do at
0: sixty seventy percent, and they will still be brilliant. I mean, that's exactly the advice. The advice that Emma Perkins, you know, we did oh. an event. Last year, and that was the advice that she was given that really ch- transformed her career. Yeah, you know, she yeah. was just told do everything at 80%, yeah, and but no one will notice, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, she did everything at 80%, and she realized she was still doing more than everyone else, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and that's and that's the other thing, it wasn't just that you, you get stuff out there, but it's, it's it's actually, you know, there are some people that are doing it 100% and just doing it so much more, and it's not adding that value, yeah. Um, so. Let's go to the big question. So, what's the best piece of advice that you have been given by whom? So, this is a this is a, a an interesting story
1: because it's kind of secondhand advice, but it was something that really struck me. And when I was uh, when I was doing music many years ago, we were in Switzerland doing a gig, and the guy, the promoter who was running the gig, he spent a lot of time in Marvin Gaye in his years when he was in tax exile in Belgium. And we were talking about it and he said, Marvin Gaye had this great philosophy, which was simply give everyone five minutes. And that just stuck it is stuck with me for years and years. The ability just to give everyone five minutes is I've just found it incredibly powerful. Because everyone's got a story, right? Even if you have five minutes with someone, you can learn something great, you can be inspired. And five minutes is long enough to say at the end of it, do you know what, that was great, let's move on. But I often think back to some of the times in my career where and maybe I was at Diesel or where I was at Levi's and the times that I didn't give people five minutes and then the stuff that they maybe went on and did that I thought, oh, maybe I should have given them that time. Uh, and I think it's it's interesting, you know, when you are a CMO, when, you, when you're in business and you sometimes... You do have this kind of, you know, you can walk into a room as a CMO or CEO of a big brand and people do want to speak to you because they want to, you know, they want to understand your business or they just want to meet you. It is quite easy just to go, you know what? No, you know, you can get this kind of malaise, you know, it's like, I don't want to speak to anyone. I speak to so many people all the time. But the reality is I met this wonderful guy, um, Joseph O'Connor. Uh, Diesel, uh, we worked with him a lot and I gave him five minutes and he came in and he said, Scott, I'm doing this incredible thing, it's called uh, Billboard, It was this was in the ele- general election a few years ago many years ago, it's, it's called Billboard and I've managed to get all these celebrities, so he had people like Amy Winehouse at the time, all these people they've created a poster to encourage young people to vote in the election he said, all I need is is some money to Put together some lasers so I can laser project the posters on on poster sites and an office. For, and I said, said, "Great, yeah, let's do it." And he went on to do so much for us, and has gone on to do so much great stuff. And of his own volition, by the way, not not just from the fact that he worked with us, but but the the value that he brought to the business and to the brand and to what we were doing was just incredible. But just giving that, having that five minutes with somebody unlocked a great story and then unlocked a
0: great load of work so just just i'm I'm asking you for advice now on the practical <laughs> side because i've 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 always kind of had that mentality of always meeting people mm. you know that, because that's where things interesting happen but yeah. you do get to a stage and probably i've got a stage in my career where you can't you physically can't meet everyone that asks you to meet yes yeah and yeah. you're 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 sitting there you're trying to build a new business and and therefore you have to be uh, slightly more focused and you know I kind of always I always feel like saying I'll give you a five minute call feels really patronizing what would what would your advice but you know how do you how do you still give them that time without without um being patronizing or insulting or
1: I don't I don't don't think that that is I don't think that is insulting to say why don't me I I, you know I'm like you time is really really precious and you never really know what you're gonna find. You know, when you go out and meet lots of different people, you never really know what you're gonna what you're gonna find, you know. And that's part of the great you know, it's just part of the interesting part of the yeah. thing that we do. Um but you can say to people, let's just have a five minute call. Yeah. Uh, uh, and let's just and, and structure it, you know, structure it to say, well, what is it that you're doing? What can we, you know, what can we do together? A great another, you know, friend of mine, Stelly FT, always says the the best way to move anything forward is to go right. You know, have a quick conversation and go, right, what are we gonna work on together? Let's yeah. let's nail it now. And you can do that in five minutes. You know, you can really significantly move forward on something in five minutes. And you can also another friend of mine, Dave McQueen, is really good at, at um, you know, he says, you know, you get you, you get into networking situations and you sometimes feel like you're having a conversation with somebody, you need to you, you feel the need to keep that conversation going. And he's like, No. You just say to somebody, it's been great talking to you. I now need to go and, 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 it, and hopefully we'll catch up again or whatever. But exit yourself from a, a conversation rather than feel like you've got to stay with someone for an hour. So, you know, a combination of all those things, like a, a, a structured, quite a structured conversation for five minutes is pretty useful. Um, getting to an, if you like, if you like what you hear, say, well, what can we do? Let's work it out straight away. If you don't, then just say, listen, that was a great conversation. I've enjoyed my five minutes.
0: I'm going to move on. And we both spoke at. You're going to remind me of the name, but we both spoke at a networking event. There's a networking group, and I spoke at it, and I think you spoke at the one before I did. Can't remember then. I can't remember the, I can't remember the oh, name. Oh, but, uh, but what I found really interesting was the first time I'd been to a, a specifically networking event. Yeah. And oh yes, that, yes, that was that was great because you everyone knew why they were there. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so that conversation you've just said. Was super super easy. Yeah, and I think your point about meetings and time—you know—we look at time being precious. I mean, another another methodology I don't always use, but I try and use it actually now in meetings, is making sure for every meeting within the structure, you both commit to answering two questions, which is what's one thing I think you can do for me, and what's one thing I think I can do for you. Yeah. Yeah, so if you come out, because you've both got different perspectives. And I love it, the fact it's both. Because all of a sudden, hopefully you come away with two things that I can do for you and two things you can do for me. And do really, really easy. Because it's amazing how just having that framework opens up really simple ideas and really simple wins. And that's where something like email or text or the modern communication really helps. Is actually sometimes you can just make one quick communication. And that opens a completely different door for someone absolutely right absolutely right
1: and I, I i totally agree with you i think any conversation any networking moment any kind of meeting you should have a, a structure in 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 your head because otherwise it can ramble on and, and and nobody gets any value out of the conversation and i don't i don't mean that in a kind of a cynical way but you know having having those five minutes shouldn't be about well who are you and what do you do, which is what usually happens in these networking events, and then it stops there. There needs to be an exchange of value. Uh, listen, you know, let's let's chat. What are you doing? What can I help you with? What could you help me with? But I think we're all reticent. We're very, kind of very British about these kind of things. and yeah. it, the, the very kind of, uh, you know, step-back conversation. Who are you? What do you do? Right, good, yes. We're all very good at that. And actually, you know, the Americans are really good at the other end. They're, they're very good at Okay, what can you do for me? What can I do for you? They're great yeah, at doing that, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think we can learn a lot from that because all you all you're doing in that in that five minutes is, I've got value, you've got value. Is there a value exchange? Totally. And if there's not, cool, nice to meet you. If there is, what can we do? And if we had more of those kind of conversations, I think
0: people would move forward much quicker and and much better. And yeah, you talked about uh, bringing creativity into business. Yeah, that's what you, that's what you do with the boom. Yeah. Um, um, and even that, but this, you know, you were at Diesel, you know, you were you were in marketing, and and I, I would say that you're still seen as at the forefront of marketing, um, you know, and a lot of our, hopefully a lot of our listeners will be thinking about a career within marketing. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give to them right now? Um, I was
1: thinking about this question earlier when uh, uh, on the, on the way in, and I, I was funny enough yesterday. I was with my I was with my old teacher uh, who came to our book launch. Remember. And he asked me if I would give some advice to his son, who is looking to get into marketing. And what I said to him is what I'm going to say now. I, I think the biggest thing for everybody right now is building a network. uh the, the in the in the old way of doing things, I think there were lots of jobs. You know, you could apply for lots of things. There was a kind of a, a, a smaller little circle, and you you know, it was all very email something in or post your CV and there was there were plenty of jobs going around but now it's much more like who you know, what you know um, and all the opportunities I think start to come from your network from the people that you know or who they know or who you work with or whatever. So I think the, the most important thing for most people getting into marketing is to build a network build a network in marketing, build a network in agencies and the the easiest way of doing it right now is LinkedIn. It's not an mm-hmm. advert for LinkedIn. But, you know, I, I struggle when people say, oh, I don't know who's, who you know, I say you're going for a job. Do you know who your person is that you're trying to speak to? No, I've not looked look them up. Well, where do you look them up? You go on LinkedIn, you know. So you use LinkedIn as your network building tool. And, you know, you can write comments, you can find people, you can mm. introduce yourself to people, you have the five minutes with people yeah. on there. But I just think a network is just the most important thing right now in, in marketing.
0: It's interesting, I say it's similar, similar, but I talk about becoming part of the ecosystem. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so understand what yeah. the ecosystem is, and we have, we have a lot, you know, we, we, we run a lot of events as you know, mm-hmm. and we have so many people that go, oh, approach us going, I'd like to, you know, we'd like this person to be speaking. And I'm like, okay, Come to one of our events and then we can talk. Yeah. Because until you're part of that ecosystem, yeah, I'm not just going to pull you in from you know from just nothing. You know, yeah. you kind of need to, you know, kind of need to add value to the ecosystem before you can take value.
1: Well, and
0: that's that's the other thing that I think is really important, which is
1: create value for yourself as a brand. Now I know that that sounds a bit like you know, but the, the fundamental thing is we are all we all have a kind of personalised brand. And creating value for your brand as an individual is and then applying it to your network is also quite critical. So I it, it took me a long time to realise that I was a synthesizer. One of my friends told me, That's the value you create. You're a synthesizer. And once I learned that, now I know where I can create value in things. So you know, when I'm running big sessions with people, I know that I can just speak for ten minutes at the end and I've synthesized everything and they go, Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But it's it's trying to understand what it is that you. Some people are like energizers, you know. They, they they don't have to do very much, but they bring the morale and boost the morale of a team, and they get things done really, really quickly and really well. So it's like really trying to define and understand what your value is. Apply it to your network, like you say, the ecosystem, and think about yourself as a as a brand, you know. Think about you know how do you come across? How do you dress? All those kind of things. But it's really important in marketing. Like which which brands do you want to work in? You know, I, I think you know sometimes people say well, I just I just want any job in marketing it's like well no I, I, I made a very conscious decision early in my career that I only really wanted to work for brands that people had heard of and that's you know, just the way I've decided but also brands that had this idea of positive disruption so you know when I was working at Sarch it was about nothing is impossible like Diesel was always about only the brave Levi's was always about being original all those brands I wanted to work for those kind of brands that, that had a very strong link to my personal values and i think that's the thing is people need to think about what the brands that they want to work and what the values that they have and what what would they bring and not just go i'll just
0: take any job in anything because it won't it won't work out yeah great so we we obviously talked about the book the book's creative superpowers um (coughs) (coughs) so obviously we talked about the book the book is creative superpowers and you you curated the teacher section yeah. so tell us about the teacher superpower well it was uh, i was absolutely
1: inspired by a quote from alvin toffler which uh, even now i just you know it it hits me every time i read it and the quote was the illiterate of the 21st century won't be those people who can't read and write it'll be those people who can't learn unlearn and relearn and for me that hot, that the idea of the teacher and i don't really like the word paradigm but it is the right word to use we we often think of the teacher as you know me imparting knowledge onto somebody else and the the the, the idea on you know with the age of creativity that's happening that's just not the way to think about teaching anymore and it's all about how do you make sure how are you self aware enough to make sure you're constantly know what it is that you've learnt how are you unlearning and relearning to shape the future for yourself and shape your business and shape your individual uh, value and output and that that kind of self-awareness is just critical now in this day and age because i often use the example of you know if i was if i was presenting and i am saying i was a social media expert and i stood up in front of people and said right you know it's all about my space well they just look at me and think i'm a fool you know But what I learned back in the day when I was doing all that sort of stuff at Levi's and Diesel is of no use to me at all whatsoever right now. So if I'm not unlearning and relearning, and of course it's an exaggeration to make a point, but you can think of lots of different examples. I think of what's happening on the high street and retail and all these sort of things. And I think people are not unlearning and relearning what they've already learned. They're just doing the same thing over and over again. And they need some new ways and new approaches and whether they come from, you know, just creative thinking or external people, but there needs to be a, a new way of teaching ourselves that we need to make change.
0: So how do you unlearn and relearn?
1: How do I? How do yeah, I do it? Yeah. Um, well, g- generally, depends depends on what I'm doing, but I will I will make a list of assumptions. If I'm going into something, into a project or something, I'll make a list of assumptions that I have going into it, and then I'll check off actually which of these are real, which of these are not real? Which of these do I not really know? You know, so if I go into a bit of doing some marketing consultancy, I need, to, I need to, you know, I need to be able to think about, is this a brand thing? Is this a strategy thing? Is this, and then my assumptions behind it because my strategic knowledge or my brand knowledge or whatever else might be rooted in something two or three years ago. Uh, and especially if it's digital brand or it's a startup brand. So then what I need to do is, unlearn some of that so stop stop thinking about some of the stuff in the ways that I would think about it. And then re, you know, relearn and, and, and look at you know, who who inspires the brands that I'm working with? Who who do they look up to? What's the kind of strategies that they've used and not used. And so relearn a whole load of other stuff so that when I go into that world, I'm not using the kind of the background that I'm just coming with, but I've got a perspective on that on that based on my experience and knowledge but it's rooted in their world and their understanding and their knowledge of their business
0: great so what are you most looking forward to in 2019
1: well do you know what uh i i made it i've made a conscious choice this year to do more uh audio visual stuff so oh. more podcasts
0: oh fantastic
1: and a bit more filming and stuff uh, i love doing them so uh, it's 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 just about, you know, doing more of them. And I get a real thrill out of doing, you know, I like doing, I don't like hearing my own voice, by the way, but I do like doing podcasts and um, audio visual stuff. And I'm doing some videos and whatever, just because it's a skill that I want to grow and, uh, I was told years ago I should be on T V but I've never I've never actually made that leap and I'm not sure I want to but I do I do find I do actually find when I listen to podcasts I, I learn a lot from podcasts and doing them and doing more of them and being able to uh share what share my views and my thoughts and things and just a variety of different people and meeting lots of different people and doing them. That's what I'm really looking forward to. So building a whole new
0: skill uh in twenty nineteen. Well, you said you like listening, to, not only contributing, listening to podcasts. Uh, you've been great. I hope you get to listen to the, uh, our other uh, podcasts when they come out. But um, thanks. As always, you always help me fill up my boom. So, Oh, thank you. Thank you, Scott. Yeah. Stay boom, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Creative Superpowers, the book that gives you the skills to thrive in the age of creativity. Now available on Amazon and all good bookshops.